This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. We are doing the Shrimad Bhagavad Gita. This is uh, a chapter 5. We had completed till verse 17, so we are doing verse 18 onwards. This is the knowledge of the Brahma. I know it is double dose, but for y'all <laughs> to understand is very important. Now this is from the Bhagavad Gita. So we are doing Bhagavad Gita chapter five, verse eighteen onwards. The wise look with equanimity on all, whether it is it be a Brahmana endowed with learning and humility, a cow, an elephant, a dog, pariah too. Now, the term equanimity is the most important word over here. Those who have the extreme desire to reach the state of brahma or to become enlightened those who want to follow the spiritual path with sincerity their job is to ensure that they do not get swayed at any point in time so what is this term equanimity now equanimity is non movement in either direction so here i will give you an understanding of let us say you get praised for doing something in the material world we get a lot of praises sometimes we get praise from our bosses from our spouses from the children from the people in the society wherever that you are you get a praise that you have done really well you know maybe your spouse will say you have cooked a very nice biryani very tasty or you tend to ask the question how is the food today now there is an expectation of an answer this case both these cases means you are not having equanimity of mind the moment somebody praises you and you feel a little happy a little happy for that matter how do i look you look good how is my dress very nice is it new and then you look at the performance of the person and that performance is excellent and you tend to praise the person he's done a great job the moment this kind of praises are showered on a person and the person feels little happiness a little gloating comes in the person even a little disturbance in the mind that Ah, I did something good. Well, there is no equanimity of mind there. So even if you are showered with some kind of a Nobel Prize or you got the Padma Bhushan or the Padma Vibhushan or any of these great prizes, you got the you know that Iron Cross. I don't know what whatever in other countries they give, or maybe you got a Greek citizenship, like Mr. Tom Hanks. and you feel so nice about it wow and you put up a post over there saying look at me i got the greek citizenship you don't have any equanimity of mind let us say you are praising someone and you say to that person you also don't have equanimity of mind now let us move to the other end of the spectrum normally there is someone in the family who is going to say something to you can you not put your bed properly look at your shoes they are lying all over the place or someone says to you you are not dressed properly see you got to dress properly for the occasion or your boss says i told you to submit this papers and you are not able to do it you cannot handle the situation 
It is your job to do that. And in this world, you get to do something. Maybe you get accused of certain things. And they say, you are a disruptor. They may put you in jail. They, they may do something to you. They may beat you up. And you get upset. You get angry. You feel like crying. You are totally off sync. And you behave as if something has happened to you. There is no equanimity of mind. The idea is when people get into some kind of a fracas, some kind of a you know, corner, they tend to go and tell somebody about it. I am just letting my hair down, they say. So you let your hair down and you tell somebody about it. You know, that way I am able to dissipate my anger, my upset or whatever. You have lost your equanimity. If you come and stand in front of God or your Guru and you tell your Guru also, you know Guruji, this happened to me. You don't have an iota of equanimity in your mind. Do you think your Guru is there to take your crap? Just because your boss said something? You see, he is not a dustbin that you can come and dump all the gutter that you have, all the dirt that you have collected. Your Guru and God is not here to collect all your dirt. So coming to the Guru and telling him, Guruji, you know, this person was talking like this to me. You have lost your equanimity of mind. Your progress on the path of spiritual will not happen. You have been given special qualities. The special qualities may be you have been made into a very good archer. You may be a very good marksman. You may be a very good worker. You may be a very good, you know, a social worker. You love to go and serve people. Or you could be just a very good politician. It is your job to do that thing. Whatever is in your plate, you are supposed to do it. Your job is not to complain about it. Your job is not to say that, oh, I did this, you know. You are not supposed to even come and say that I did it. The moment you say the word, I did it. Even to Krishna, if you come and say these words, you know, I did that. I can tell you for certain that the entire creation round is listening to the words. And those words have a meaning. So immediately Maya comes up with a gift, a prize. What is the prize? The prize is called karma. Let us say somebody praises you. My boss praised me, you know. He was very happy with the work that I have done. Who is listening? The universe is listening. And the universe immediately enters it in the book of karma. It is a karma against the person's name because the mind has been disturbed. The mind is disturbed, it has gone as a karmic action. And the moment you spout some words out of your mouth, it becomes a permanent action. So you have done something good, you have to be repaid in that. So if your boss has praised you and if you have come and told Krishna, my boss has praised me today, Maya, and the people that those are involved with it, you know, they have already entered it in their books. So in your next life, you will meet your boss again. 
It is 100% guaranteed. You will meet your boss again. And your boss is definitely going to get the you know, accolades that you have been given. In a previous life, you were given that. And in the next one, you have to give him. So why would you want to meet your boss again? Are you so much in love with your boss that you would like to meet him again? Or if your wife has given you a big rundown, you know, she was what is this? You can't even do this. Blah, 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 blah. And you sit in the corner of the house. I mean, nowadays the husbands do that, okay? And they will be nursing one drink in the corner and they are saying, this is all I get after doing all this. You know, I work so hard. I have to clean the vessels. I have to clean the house. Everything I have to do. And in the end, my wife will still trash me. You think there was a situation when the whole thing was reversed in the past. But now it is the reverse way. So the person is sitting. He is talking to himself. What he doesn't realize is he is not talking to himself. Even if a word has come out of your mouth. Or a thought has come out of your process of thinking. That you know she has done like this. The universe around that person is listening. And when the universe listens, it is going to give it back to you in the same coin. So in the next life, you will have to meet the shrew again. Okay. The same shrew you will have to meet and you will now be giving it back to her. How is that for repayment? So this is the reason why we do not even allow our mind or even a thought to leave our body. Never ever say to anybody, including standing in front of your guru or God, what has happened. It is not important to know. Why is it important to bring your material worldly nonsense to a spiritual place? I have never understood this. People come to me and say, you know, my son is not feeling well. And they will send me, you know, their prescriptions and their doctors this thing and so on and so forth. Your guru is, is sitting over there to read your prescriptions. Hmm? What is he there for? Is a personal servant or something like that? That you can send him anything? He is there for your spiritual growth. Why are you not forget? Why are you forgetting this? Why don't you remember that he is there to take you ahead in spiritual world? Don't bring your material worldly problems to him. In my life, I personally walked out of two places in earlier because these people were constantly bringing their personal issues to me. I am not there to solve your personal issues. What happened to my father? What happened to my mother? What happened to my company? My company is going through this. And uh, you know the children are going through this. Is that the reason why the gurus are there? The gurus are there for a very very important reason. You have to understand. For your liberation. They are meant for liberation. To serve them so that you get liberated. Not to bring your personal dirt and throw it in his, you know, at his feet. It is not right. He is all knowing, remember this. Krishna is all knowing, your guru is all knowing. They will be able to handle, they have their own cronies around them. You know cronies, you understand? All the henchmen around the gurus and the gods. They are, they are, they are the henchmen. Yes boss, tell me what am I supposed to do? And they will take care. You don't even have to open your mouth and say anything. Why? Because these are all-knowing people. <laughs> so, you who is on the path of spirituality should first know this. Why do you get disturbed when somebody says something to you? Or even if that person's name comes up, why do you get disturbed? Your spiritual development is stopped over there itself. Because you do not have the equanimity of mind. If you are getting praise 
and if you are feeling mighty pleased about it your spiritual development has come to a standstill it is never going to go beyond where you are standing at this given moment in time you don't have to feel nice about it equanimity of mind is a very simple term which means do not get disturbed this way or that way it tells you one thing you have become dispassionate and you have also become detached dispassionate doesn't mean that you have to say i am not going to do this job no on the contrary dispassion means you are going to do the job perfectly without any disturbance in your mind you are meant for that job if you have been given a position whatever the position is you are supposed to perform that job to the perfection and not get carried away by people around you or the circumstances around you your performance has to be peak and you should be able to solve the problems perfectly and not crib about it or talk about it you are there for a purpose sort it out move ahead sort it out move ahead sort it out move ahead don't stop and you don't have the time and these you know ah i feel so tired you know i went through this hell in my life you feel tired then you are not in spiritual you are a worthless person if you are going to feel tired after solving an issue just imagine you know arjuna says ah oh, today i have uh, i shot bhishma pitama and i feel so tired you know krishna will say you are worthless guy man get out from here you are not worthy of being a good soldier you are not being a good person if this is the kind of example you are going to set to your soldiers you are a commander in chief and a commander in chief is supposed to always give the best example of themselves they have to be always ready for a fight they should always be willing to do their job perfectly you cannot go and complain just imagine the commander in chief is coming and complaining to a plain soldier you know today that person he was firing so many arrows at me i was feeling so down and blah 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 and finally i took one bow and i shot him the fellow died but you know i got so tired of it are you a commander in chief or you are some lowly person you don't have the right to even complain one bit if this is the example you are going to set your soldiers then you are a worthless person the great commanders do not have you seen a movie called general patton it was a very beautiful movie general patton was the commander of the forces the american allied troops it was a wonderful movie to watch i have not seen general patton but i have seen the movie that is a kind of fervor a person needs a soldier is fighting on the front he is trying to kill the enemy and he cannot come back you know ah it was so so tiring you know i mean do you expect your soldiers to behave like this no what is the example they will set the whole world you are not supposed to be a cribber a complainer all the time you should never show that there is anything affecting you you have to become that person who has equanimity of mind 24 bar 7 nothing should affect you that is the way you have to behave if there are thousands of people dying you think you know nightingale the lady who was in charge of that you think she is going to go, oh my god another 100 people came up you think that is what she is going to do i saw a very beautiful movie it was called gone with the wind the heroine doesn't have any money she's become very poor but she doesn't lose her dignity the old house is there and it has beautiful curtains 
she makes a very beautiful dress out of those curtains and goes to meet this person and not, not even once does she show that she has a problem in her life that is the strength of a person today a woman who is today it's a, it's a, you know kaliyuga they cannot tell that oh i have this problem i have that problem you are supposed to be coming on the forefront and fighting a war that day the americans showed one black lady becoming some uh, you know uh, flying person i don't know she she joined the air force it was supposed to be a great thing what are you talking about women have been flying aircraft since donkeys years you know how many years they have been flying aircrafts they have been fighting on the fronts also don't go and praise a person just because that became the first person who cares have a million of them have a billion of them doesn't matter no praises it is their duty it is their job it is the job of the person to lead not to keep on crying that is not called equanimity of mind equanimity of mind is when you are on the path of spiritual you don't have to get disturbed even by little you know the movement of even an ant on your body you are setting a bad example to others those who are not in spiritual those who are not in spiritual have to look up to you and say this is the person i want to become you set an example suppose you are a son or a daughter and when you go home just to visit your parents they have to look up to you and say my son my daughter has really become somebody great and not go and complain over there and crib over there no that is not how you portray so that is exactly what i said you cannot have arjuna going and complaining and that is the reason why krishna is telling arjuna just now he says have the equanimity of mind you should never see a wise look with equanimity on all whether it is a brahmana that means the highest person who is endowed with learning and humility whether it's a cow an elephant a dog or a pariah even if you have your enemy in front of you you are not supposed to change the expression on your face you see when the enemy looks at you you cannot show fear in your face can you you're not allowed to you cannot even gloat and say i am going to smash you have you seen those people in the boxing ring muhammad ali i sting like whatever he says you can't do that have you seen bruce lee in some of this action movies there is no expression on his face because even an expression betrays what is going on inside of you a little expression like that you know different kinds of expression that a person does that betrays inside it tells you you do not have the equanimity of mind you know i think i must have seen enter the dragon at least uh, 10 or 15 times i don't remember i loved bruce lee a lot and there was this guy in the movie his name was john saxon john saxon died just 2 days ago <laughs> so i just remembered about him so you cannot show any expression also you cannot show the world you are disturbed there has to be equanimity at every given moment in time even if you meet your enemy even if you meet your friend you should not get disturbed we'll move to the next verse chapter 5 bhagavad gita verse 19 even here in the mortal plane conquered by those whose mind is established in equanimity since the absolute is untouched by evil and is the same to all hence they are established in brahma the param atma why is this verse being told to you 
We just now did 25 minutes on a one word called equanimity. You will try to think, you know, why is equanimity so important? The reason why equanimity is important is because the Paramatma, the Brahma, doesn't get disturbed this way or that way. You see, the ignorant people always ask this stupid question. You know what they say? Why doesn't your God feel bad when there are thousands of people dying with coronavirus? Why doesn't your God feel bad when so many people are dead in the war? Why doesn't your God get upset when the terrorists bomb our nation? Well, the Brahma, the Paramatma is having equanimity. He doesn't get disturbed. He doesn't feel upset about it. Is he supposed to gloat, wow, I made a very good human being, you know? Just imagine, Paramatma is gloating. He can't do that. Do you get the point? The Paramatma, the Parabrahma doesn't get disturbed even if there is a mighty explosion in the universe. If there is a black hole swallowing up bodies after bodies after bodies. Just imagine a black hole opens up somewhere close to our earth and swallows up the entire earth. And God is going to say, oh my God, the black hole, he swallowed up the earth, I should now revive it. You think that is what Paramatma is going to do? He's not supposed to get upset. So I hope you understood the, the, the reason why this verse has come up. The equanimity of mind is there and the people who are the ones, the knowers of Brahma. You have to emulate the Brahma. To be on the path of the spiritual means to attain the Brahmanyana, means first you have to imitate the Brahma, isn't it? If you get disturbed by even a little fly, if you keep on talking about it, if you are going to get upset when somebody says something to you, if you get upset when there are wars going on, the world is getting destroyed. What is the point? You are an ordinary mortal. And suppose you are creeping about your own boss, I can assure you, you have fallen lower than the boss. Then you are nowhere on the path of Brahmanyana. To attain the Brahmanyana, to be the Brahma, to be that Paramatma, to immerse yourself in the Paramatma, you got to have equanimity of mind. Your mind should not be wavering. Even if somebody dies, you should not be upset. Even if somebody is born, you should not be upset. You think the God is happy when the child is doing... You think God is happy with it? If somebody is singing songs, if somebody is dancing, you think Paramatma is... Wow, such a nice music, you know? You think this is how Paramatma looks at you? He can create a billion like you, idiot. You got it? If you think you can sing nicely to Paramatma, oh, you know, like kind of thing that the people do and they think, you know, I've done a great job. I've sung in front of God. You are an idiot thinking like that. The God has the power to make a billion like you. And they will all sing in synchronicity. And oh, everybody can sing like that. It is not something great. You just have to do what you got to do. It's a job. And don't gloat over it just because you, you know, and wait for the audience to clap for it. What is there to clap? What is there to praise a person? They are meant for that purpose. If a purpose, if a person is without legs, you know, and he is doing a great job playing even hockey for that matter. People are so, wow, look at him. He has no legs, but he's playing hockey. Well, 
From the material worldly perspective, that person has done really good. From the spiritual perspective, aha, uh-huh, nothing. Because God can create a billion of these kind of people and still play football and cricket and even hockey. Got it? It really doesn't matter. The praises or the big bats, whatever that are there, should not disturb you because you have to become that Brahmanyani. So, even here in the mortal plane, conquered by whose mind is established in equanimity, those whose mind is established in equanimity in this worldly plane, that means here where we are, just now we are doing a satsang, in this plane if you are having that equanimity of mind, since the absolute is untouched by evil and the same in all, even if there is an evil person, even if there are a hundred people talking nonsense about you or doing something bad to you or calling out names or doing whatever possible, not once, a million times also, still you cannot get upset, still you cannot get angry, still you cannot show your discomfort. You are not allowed to if you are on the path of spiritual. You have to be so perfect in spirituality. Nothing in this world should affect you. I am often told by people, I am doing good to that person. That person is doing bad to me. Their person is doing bad to me. What do you mean by the person is doing bad to you? They are supposed to do bad. And do you think you are somebody great? That you cannot be replaced? You can be replaced like this. Please remember this. It is your lifetime chance to be that great person. Don't lose that opportunity or the chance. This is a chance in one lifetime of yours. And don't keep on saying, sorry, 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 sorry. What is this sorry, sorry and apology? Sorries are not there in the war. When you are fighting a war, you can't kill one soldier and then say, I'm sorry, I killed you. You can't do that. After the terrorist bombs a building, he can't go and say, I'm very sorry, you know, 100 people died. What are you talking about? Equanimity of mind is very much required. For anybody to be on the path of spiritual, that is what is needed. So he says, The absolute is not touched by evil at all. By the way, there is neither good nor evil in this world. Because in Brahma there can be neither. Both these things cannot be there. So if you can see evil in some people and goodness in another person, you are not fit for spirituality. No. If you can see somebody as a very good person and then you see another person and oh he is doing like this, she is doing like that, that is happening, this is happening. You are not fit for spiritual, you are a worthless person. To be in spirituality is not a joke. To be in the path of spiritual, you got to have a very solid equanimity of mind. As a soldier, as a person, you got to be perfect. So, the absolute is never touched by the evil nor by the goodness also. Hence, the person who has equanimity of mind is established immediately in the Parabrahma. That is the divine consciousness and in the Paramatma. You are one with the Paramatma. That is the reason why equanimity of mind is the absolute requisite for being in spiritual. We'll move to the next verse. This is chapter 5, Bhagavad Gita, verse 20. He who, with firm intellect and free from doubt, rejoices not on obtaining what is pleasant and does not feel perturbed on meeting with the unpleasant, that knower of Brahma lives eternally in identity with the Brahma. It is still an extrapolation of the previous two verses 
He who is firmly attached, you see, the one who has become this intellect, full of intellect, the one who has entered the state of Brahmanyana, this person is free from doubt. There is no doubt in the person. If something bad happens, there is no doubt in the person that it is bad or good. That was bound to happen. If something good happens, the person is not supposed to feel nice about it. That was bound to happen. It is programmed like that. Why do you think you are given a quality like that? Do you know if you are on the path of spiritual, you will be deliberately put in front of you situations where you can get upset. Your own enemies will come and stand in front of you. People whom you don't like will deliberately be put in front of you. And then the time comes to see whether you are going to be upset, angry or what. The moment you show even a trace of upset, how can this person come over here? Please know that you are out, out, out of spirituality because you have lost your equanimity of mind. I am sure you know the story of Parshurama. Parshuram is an avatar of Mahavishnu. He came on this earth and he had to fight 21 times. He was killing people left, right and center. And every time that he killed, he used to be very upset about it. Very, very upset with it. And he used to sit doing tapascharya in the jungles, thinking that I have done something wrong, I have done something wrong, I have done something wrong. He went to his guru six times. His guru was Dattatraya. And every time he would go, get a lesson from Dattatraya and would go back to the jungles, do his tapascharya and then again go and fight a war. So when he fought the war, again he would have killed so many thousands of people and then he would get upset. Do you know the reason why he was upset? It's a very simple thing. He was killing people left, right and center without cause. Without a cause. Those people had actually not done anything to him. See, there was a race in south of India, in east of India, in west of India, in north of India. Somebody had done something to him somewhere in the north of India. Does it mean that the person in the south or west or east is responsible for it? No, but yet his job was to go and kill all these people. And he was killing and after that he had remorse. So he used to go and meet his Gurudev and say, you know, I am very unhappy with this whole thing. And his Gurudev said, you have not even reached that destination, sir. So now here is one story. So keep on listening to the stories one after the other. And every time he went to the Gurudev, he was very angry and upset. And then he cooled down and then he went for a very deep, you know, tapas. Now, this is the story. It is later on. When he became enlightened, remember one thing. He was an Amsh of Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu is on the, which guna? He is in the Sattva guna. Okay? He is in the Sattva guna. He is not enlightened or anything like that. No. None of these gods have enlightenment in them. They have to meet their guru and then they have to do their tapas and then only they can get enlightenment. So Parshuram also had to go through his process. And the process was very, very important. It is in the end he realized that he was meant as a weapon. 
a weapon to destroy the entire Kshatriya clan. And his job was not to question the need of the hour. Okay, now I will tell you something which happened during the world war. There was an atom bomb dropped over Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Alright. So many people got killed. Was the atom bomb specific to people? No, I'm only going to kill males, not the females. I'm going to not kill the children. Do you think that is how it was? No. When the bomb was dropped, everybody died. It is something which happens. When a flood comes, the flood doesn't say, I'm only going to affect this one, not that one. No. There's nothing like that. Nothing like that ever happens. If a pandemic has come, it's not going to take care of only the bad people are going to die during pandemic. You think God's wrath is on on the people and that wrath is going to kill only the bad people? No. Everybody is going to be affected. So in case of Parshuram, the job was to destroy 21 times the Kshatriya clan. Because the next clan which was supposed to come up was not going to be Kshatriyas at all. Though they may call themselves Kshatriya, but the next Yuga was going to be dawning very soon. And in the next Yuga, it was called the Dwapara. The second Yuga, do you remember, he was there during the time of Sri Ram. That was Treta Yuga. And in the Treta Yuga, the Kshatriyas were always powerful. And in the next Yuga that came along, that is called the Dwapara, the next community gets the benefit. And now it is the last Yuga. So naturally the change was needed. And the dear God, the Paramatma has programmed it accordingly. So why was a person upset when you are specifically meant for a particular purpose? If you are meant as a butcher, it is your job to be a good butcher. If you are a knife, your job is to cut properly. Got it? If your job is to teach, you have to be the best teacher. Everybody has been given their specific duties and they have to perform them perfectly. They should never be bothered why this is happening and why that is happening. It is your duty. So do it perfectly. So this is the reason why it is called dharma. What is your swadharma? If your swadharma is a soldier swadharma, your job is to fight. Your job is to save the country. Isn't that what it is all about? If your job, if you are a businessman, your job is to make money, to have wealth. You cannot tell a businessman not to book profits. Can you do that? The businessman is anyway supposed to make profits. He is like an undertaker. See, today's day undertakers are making a lot of money. Who is the other undertaker in our world? The pharma companies. Are they not selling you so many medicines? A huge list of medicines. Why? Even that mask. You think the mask was so much in fashion? No way. But everybody is supposed to wear a mask. So 7.5 billion multiplied by number of masks that you can imagine. These companies are making so much a profit today. Aha! And you should say, that oh, they should not be making profit. They should give it at half the price. Why should they give it to you at half the price? They are doing their duty. They are making the masks. That masks are necessary at this given moment in time. And they are going to book profits. Got it? Some companies are going to close down. Some companies are going to profit. Some companies are going to become a dead investment. It's going to happen. 
So whatever your job is, whatever your designation is, you should be perfect in your job. I've told you the story of Parshuram to tell you that his job was to kill. And that is what he did. And then he attained the divine. So only then a person who doesn't get upset if he is doing something pleasant or perturbed on when he is meeting the unpleasant. Not a single word, not a single thought, not a single action should escape from you saying that this is not good or this is very good. No. Equanimity of mind means you are established in the Brahma. And your duty today in spirituality is to be established in the Brahma. Not get upset with it and not find faults with people. Then you are in, then you live eternally in identity with the Brahma. We are doing chapter 5, the Bhagavad Gita, verse 21. He whose mind remains unattached to sense objects derives through meditation the sattvic joy which dwells in the mind. Then the yogi, having completely identified himself through meditation with Brahma, enjoys eternal bliss. Your mind should never be attached to anything that is in the material domain. Nothing should attract you. When I say nothing should attract you, it simply means that if you are seeing an object in front of you, you can see the object. But it doesn't mean that your mind has to overwork itself. No. Your mind should be in a state of equanimity. And when you are in the state of equanimity, you would be lost in the Brahma itself. That means once you are lost in the Brahma, you are meditating on the Brahma. You will feel the blissful state of Brahma. You will be in a state of Satchidananda. When you are in the state of Satchidananda, there is no enjoyment. It is just a state of blissfulness. And a blissful state is a state which is unperturbed by anything. Which means you don't sway to anything that is there. You see, even if somebody taps you and says, Hello sir, how are you? It is not your job to feel bad about it or say, Why did you disturb me? Because I was in the meditation. What do you mean by meditation? If you are getting disturbed when in meditation, you are not in state of any Brahma. You are an ordinary person who is just feigning it. You are just doing, oh meditation. What kind of meditation is that? No. To be lost in the divine, to be lost in the Brahma 24 bar 7, you should be unperturbed by anything that is happening to you. And when you have completely lost yourself in the Brahma, by becoming that person with equanimity of mind and no disturbance of any sort anywhere, your eyes are seeing but nothing is transpiring inside of you. Your mind is not reacting to anything. There are no thoughts coming in. There is no such thing as, oh, this is good or this is bad. Nothing good, nothing bad. When you have done this and identified with the Brahma, then you will enjoy this eternal bliss of Brahma. So we are doing chapter 5, the Bhagavad Gita, verse 22. The pleasure born of sense contacts are verily a source of suffering only, though appearing as enjoyable to the worldly-minded people. They have a beginning and an end. They come and go. Arjuna, it is for this reason that a wise man does not indulge in them. Alright. We will take this verse slowly. What are the senses? We have five senses, isn't it? One, two, three, four, five. Five means the touch one. We have the senses. So we see, 
hear, smell, touch, taste. These are the senses. So what happens is, when you taste something, what happens? You feel nice about it. Say, wow, what a nice taste. Okay? This sense is giving you a sense of taste. When you taste something, your mind reacts inside. How does it react? It gives you a response. Very tasty, isn't it? The mind immediately says, this is very tasty. Or you are eating something which is putrid, which is not good. And the moment you take it on your mouth, oh, this is spoiled. And immediately you show a response. Your mind, you want to spit it out. Because it is not tasting nice. The mind reacted. So this is the taste. The smell. When we smell something like a perfume, we feel very nice about it. You say, oh, what a nice perfume. What is it? So you want to find out what is it. Then you want to know the rate of that. How much is it? Where did you get it from? Oh, it's a nice aftershave, you know. Wow, so nice. Then, what happens to you and what happens to this other person? You see, you have enticed this other person. If it is a girl, she will go and buy you another of those. Now, she's not going to use it. She's not going to shave. Okay? I'm talking about an aftershave. <laughs> but she may buy you one more. Or, oh, she likes the perfume. So you will go and buy for yourself more. Now, it so happens that when you buy this more and more, a time comes in your life when you get so used to it and you say, hey, this is not good anymore. See, this company is making too much of money on it. So now they have started putting something else in it. And immediately your nose says, you know, it's not good at all. And even your girlfriend has changed. Okay, now a new girlfriend comes and she says, what is that stink? Oh, that aftershave, I don't like that smell, you know. You should use old spice. Oh, no, she's an old spice person. She likes musk flavors. <laughs> so you see, there was an up and then there was a down. And now there is a new up and then there is going to be a new down. And then what happens? This is a part and parcel of this world. So anything that appeals to your senses will entice you in that direction and very soon you are going to get used to it and you will not like it again. So what comes goes away. Okay? Now think about it. A person is used to wearing a particular brand of shirts. I say, Allah Van Hussein. I don't know how to pronounce it also. Van Hussein. <laughs> okay. That company has filed for bankruptcy. So where are you going to get your Van Hussens after this? I love the Muji brand. Okay, Muji is also closed out. So what are you going to get? I love Ann Taylor. Oh, Ann Taylor. They filed for chapter 11. Bankruptcy, what are you going to do? <laughs> so I just named three brands for you to understand. The brand was there, it came and then it went away. So what happens after that? See, did you get what I am saying? He is saying that this thing in the beginning may be very nice to you, but in the end it is going to be a torture to you. <laughs> the same thing which tastes so beautiful will become a suffering for you very soon. In the past, way back in time, 
every household would buy cook, you know groundnut oil groundnut oil was very famous in india because groundnuts are a staple so <laughs> groundnut oil was there after that came sunflower oil india imported sunflower seeds in 1974 75 and we planted sunflower all over the place and then sunflower oil came into the picture now all these people who are you know sowing sunflower seeds now are saying you know oh they are getting oil from malaysia it's the palm oil it is half the price of sunflower oil so so you get palm oil and every time when a new oil comes they will say this is good in pufa tufa nufa i don't know what it means but it says you know it is good for your body why because that lobby wants to sell you those oils so it is good for you so you have to eat that oil did you see how those things rose and then it went down there was a time when we used to use coal coal you know coal the powdered coal for for cleaning our teeth yeah and ash and god knows what all stuff and ash made out of what you will be amazed cow dung okay cow dung you burn it and the ash which remains you can use it oh my god what you are saying so <laughs> there was a time for that also later on it became tooth powder made of coal in that they put a little eucalyptus oil okay after that came a soft powder okay but that powder used to taste very nice so instead of brushing you know the children would eat it it was tasting very nice so what to do i was also a kid i also put it <laughs> after that came another toothpaste it had menthol in it so when you applied it with your finger you know you have to take it in your hand and you have to do like this and when we did that it was feeling very cool nice nice so when you when you after brushing you will do you know spit it out no ah with the cool water used to feel very nice and that was colgate okay colgate menthol whatever and then came toothpaste and everybody said white toothpaste white toothpaste and it is all foamy toothpaste after that came another toothpaste and it had something else and then they said there is clove oil in it <laughs> and then another toothpaste and then another toothpaste and then finally they came back to coal once again and the toothpaste had coal in it they said in olden times they used coal so now we'll put coal in it this is activated charcoal and then now you are now you have to use some other toothpaste so did you see how this went up and went down exactly like that so the pleasures born of sense objects are source of suffering only they are not going to give you any pleasures in the initial stages you are going to like it you eat too many rasgullas no in the beginning later on you are going to have diabetes very soon don't worry okay <laughs> so this is a way how it works they have a beginning and an end everything starts it happens in a very nice way and then it ends in a very bad way even your relationships are like this let me tell you in the beginning the relationship will be so goody goody like two countries will come together and say hindi chini bye bye and then what happens they will fight a war with them okay after that you will become friend with another friend another person and it goes on and on and on sometimes they are friends sometimes they are enemies and this kind of thing is a constant phenomena so this is what they say arjuna it is for that for that reason a wise man does not indulge in them so don't ever indulge your senses whichever way they are just don't get disturbed because somebody is your friend somebody is your enemy somebody is doing good to you somebody is doing bad to you some toothpaste you are using not using really doesn't matter any which way your teeth have been programmed to fall down after some time okay so don't bother about it so at the end of the day please understand everything ends in suffering everything ends in suffering so why bother so much about it so don't get disturbed have equanimity of mind 24 bar 7 so we have come to the end of verse 22 next time we will start verse 23 onwards you have a great week ahead
and take care of yourself and stay safe and use your masks and social distancing is a must. Bye.